Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. The uh, last of our 10 finalists in the Lionsler competition. This is almost uh, kind of a sentimental moment for us right now because we enjoy doing this all the time, and uh, we've we've come to the end of the road, but not the end of the competition because uh, this coming Wednesday at Carmen's Banquet Center, of course, uh, they'll have the awards banquet where they'll announce uh, the winners of the uh, the competition, which is actually you know kind of a, a silly thing because everybody's a winner here, and, and the city's a winner, and the community's a winner because of this. And then, of course, the following day, uh, we're going to be at the Innovation Factory. We'll broadcast our show from there. And uh, talk to the winners and uh, Dave Carter, of course, from Innovation Factory, and uh, Dr. Nick Bontis and uh, Keenan Loomis, all sorts of folks that have been involved in this competition over the number of years. And probably, I'm guessing, we're going to talk to Melissa Houghton, too, then, just as we're about to right now, who is the uh, last of our 10 finalists. How are you doing this morning? Good. How are you doing? Great to meet you, finally, and talk about what's going on here. I read about the overview of all of these. Now, listen, I'm going to say this, and it's going to sound patronizing. Uh, but I mean this sincerely. Uh, this is, I think, the seventh year of the competition. I have never seen uh, a, a, such a diverse and, and talented group of folks in these ten finalists. This is, and you've been involved in this. You've you've been following the competition for a number of years right now. Mm-hmm. This is really kind of cool. But this the stuff that's made the top ten right now is just phenomenal, isn't it? Oh, it's it's absolutely spectacular. Yeah. Including including what we're going to talk about right now, which is Lumago, right? Yeah, yeah. So all right. that's my startup. <laughs> okay, so let's let's get into that now. First of all, uh, you're living in Hamilton now, but you're originally from Waterloo. Yes, I uh, did my undergrad in Waterloo, and then I did my masters at McMaster. Okay, and uh, where along that line of academic genius and 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 sensational stuff that you've done, did you come up with the idea of Lumago? Uh, it was actually in my master's program. Um, it was a entrepreneurship and innovation program where they sort of take you through the startup process and they have you go out into the community and talk to community members about their problems and we went and talked to, to greenhouses and, and the problems they uh, addressed were what we used to create our startup company, Lumago. Now, I, I'm always intrigued by this. What, let me just step back here. What did you go to Waterloo for? What, what did you, when you went to get your degree, what were you thinking, what, 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 when I get finished this, I'm going to do such and such. What was in your mind at that time? Um, so I studied mechanical engineering at okay. Waterloo, uh, and I figured I would probably end up in like the jigs and fixtures industry, so supporting mass manufacturing, helping streamline production, that sort of thing. But along the way, <laughs> doesn't this always happen? <laughs> along the way, I discovered agriculture. Yeah, it, it's amazing. And, and was it through academia or was it something else? Um, it was mostly through academia okay. that I discovered it, but then I really fell in love with it after the fact. But, which is, by the way, one of the reasons you always have to go to post-secondary, all right, for families that are listening right now, because uh, you don't know what doors are going to be open. That's, I hear that story time and time again, that I went for such and such thinking, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to learn, but you're exposed to so many things that you probably weren't even aware of all of a sudden, and that's what happened with you. Very much so, yeah. Incredible. So you have this eureka moment. Yeah. Uh, and, and now all of a sudden you're saying, yeah, I still love this. Uh, I, I love the engineering aspect, but I'm kind of going off in this direction right now. I'm taking an off-ramp. Yes. Yeah. So um, with Lumago, we get to do the agriculture, but there's a lot of hardware involved, a lot of mm-hmm. mechanical building involved, which is where I still get to use my hands and I still get to design stuff. Well, exactly. So it's the best of both worlds. Yeah. And and had you not learned that and, and, and you know, fine-tuned that, that expertise right now, you probably couldn't do Lomago. Very much so, yeah. So so it all works together. See? Yeah. A nice little package. Okay, so you got this idea. Uh, and, and, and at what point did you say, okay, fine, I see a need, I'm going to do something about that? What was, what was that moment like? Uh, so it was when I was grocery shopping a couple years ago, 
um, and we were going through the grocery store and I was looking for tomatoes for dinner and they were all super unripe or overripe or, you know, they had been dropped and bruised. And so I flipped them over and they're all imported. From um, Mexico. From Mexico, yeah. yeah. <laughs> from over 3,000 kilometers away. You can away. say that here. <laughs> um, and so... Uh, that sort of struck me as odd because in Hamilton, we have greenhouses less than 15 kilometers away. And I know a lot of them produce cucumbers, tomatoes, peppers. But in, you know, for six months of the year from, you know, October till April, none of that hits our shelves. Uh, and so for me, that was that was obscure and obs- like obscene um, that our that our own agriculture was And short-sighted. There's a lot of words we can use yeah. here. <laughs> um, and so when we went and talked to the greenhouses, they explained to us that they just couldn't compete with a truck that was driving 3,000 kilometers away. Um, and so we looked at doing alternative agriculture, uh, which is what ag- aqua... Now, now, let me stop you right there. Yep. When they said they couldn't compete, in what way? Financially. Vo- volume? Financially. Um, they could not produce... Uh, you know, tomatoes at the same price that Mexico could okay. and ship them up. And so whether it's our electricity costs or our labor costs, um, you know, it all adds up. And the tomatoes, they just couldn't produce at a price that could compete. So, and they were just throwing up their hands saying, well, it's just never going to get any better. Yeah. But then along comes Melissa. <laughs> so that's when we figured that if we changed the way the agriculture was done, um, we'd be able to add value to the produce, making it so that they could now compete in the organic industry. So organic typically has to be soil grown. Yeah. Um, and the methods that most greenhouses use is hydroponics, and that cannot be certified organic. But what we propose to do is take out the fertilizer in the hydroponics and put in live fish and healthy bacteria to supplement instead of the fertilizer. And now you can certify everything organic. Aha! Uh-huh. And now your produce is worth more, making it so greenhouses can now compete during these off seasons. Okay, so you develop this, and this is a great idea, by the way, and an idea whose time has come. We'll talk about that in a couple of seconds. Because uh, five, six, seven years ago, if you'd done this, people would have said, "So what? You know, we're not that interested. We're more interested in bottom line." But there's pressure now on grocery stores, markets all over the place, to to start developing this. In other words, they'll go to a produce section right now and say, where's your organics? Very and, much and, so, And yeah. seven years ago, there was, well, organics, I don't know what you're talking about. That's Whole Foods it, only. I know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> go on over there, go to Goodness Me up here, or go over to there. Yeah, those those specialty stores, those those quote-unquote health food stores sell mm-hmm. But the demand is so great now for that product that these stores, including the large chains right now, mm-hmm. are looking for these. They need this, the product right now, because the consumers are demanding it. Very much so. So you, much. You, your timing was perfect here. Yes. In fact, you might argue that you created the, the new. <laughs> no, but it, but it, it was because now people are looking for that. Yeah, yeah. So so you develop this idea, this technology. How do you how do you get it from your head to to where people are going to say, yeah, let's do this, let's let's employ this. So it's sort of a two pronged approach that we took. Um, we are targeting the greenhouses to convince them to switch over to this new technology, but we're also targeting the consumer. Um, so we're selling what we call our lobby ponic system for libraries, schools, community centers, retirement homes to get the word out that this alternative agriculture is a reality. It's not just some theory in a academic setting. It's actually being implemented in the real world and that you don't have to rely on these fertilizers. So we're selling our lobby ponics to educate uh, the consumer, and then we're selling our industrial system to the greenhouse to allow them to provide for the consumer. So there's an industrial use for this, clearly, for the greenhouses. Yeah. But if I want to set up a community garden, I can do the same technology? Yes, very much so. Oh, I'm sold. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's been in my apartment for about three years now, and 
My fiance is like, okay, we have no more room. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's one of, the, one of the nice, cool things about this right now, because oftentimes you hear about these technologies that are developed, and you figure, well, that's great for that company. They can afford that. They, they can afford the startup and the, and the infrastructure. No way I can. But uh, you've made it affordable for both. Yes. Yeah. And that was our that was our definitely gold, uh, especially in Ontario, where the greenhouses are small. So a lot of them are family run. They've been in the family for, you know, five generations and they don't have a lot of capital. So our system can go in quite small and expand. So now they can try it out, fall in love with it, and then sort of like Lego, click it all together and build <laughs> a, a real greenhouse full of it. So what was the reaction like when you went to you knocked on the door and said, hey, guess what I've got for you guys? They were a little confused. <laughs> uh, a lot of the greenhouses are convinced that they're just plant people, uh, which I know, is and, fair. And, and you know the attitude. I'm sure you ran into this, Melissa, is, well, you know, we've done it like this for like 100 years. Why Very should we change? So. Very much so. Uh, but then once we start explaining the organic certification and, and the size of the organic market and, and how we actually pretty much take control of the fish for them. So they just say, we're growing tomatoes and we need this. And then our control system modifies the the fish parameters to deliver that to the plants. So now, instead of them having to be fish people, they can just be plant people with this organic battery that just happens to be plants, or I mean fish. So obviously you had to get one or two people to buy into this, and then you can kind of work from, well, you know, your, your body of work and say, look at it, it's working here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and now all of a sudden they, who pretty much wrote off, I guess, any idea of being able to be a producer or a supplier for some of these, these larger chains, now all of a sudden figure, hey, this is within their business case. Yeah, and now they can do it organically, which not only you know has a huge market, but also fetches 30% more at the, farm, like at the gate. So instead of selling a cucumber for like 20 cents at the greenhouse, they can now sell it for up to 25, maybe even 30 but that's that's the other thing about this whole equation. I, I know you know this because you're yeah. involved in the market, but we had this discussion earlier this week when we were talking about, about millennials and the impact that they're having on the marketplace right now. Uh, and there's been a study done by uh, C- CIBC and by RBC that said millennials will pay more. As a matter of fact, I'm not a millennial, and I'll pay more if I know that I'm going to get organic f- food. I, like, I'll pay more for tomatoes if I know that they're going to be grown like that. I don't want the orange tomatoes that have been on a truck for the last 48 hours from Mexico. Yeah. I want something that's grown locally that's organic. And if it costs more, I'll pay more because I know I'm getting something for it, right? You get value for it. And that's the, this, is not, this is not markup just so somebody can put money in their pocket. This is a better, healthier process, and we're paying for it, and we're okay with that. Yeah, very much so because you know that there aren't herbicides and pesticides and, and even antibiotics, which is an odd thing to be in plants. Um, with the organic and with aquaponics, none of that is there. So you're having you have a much you know higher value product for the consumer at the end. This is a great idea, and and like I say, an idea whose time has come because of the of the marketplace that's going on right now. So where are you right now? How's the business doing? And 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 how big are you going to be? When uh, I mean, I know in a couple of years you're going to be a huge international conglomerate, and I'm going to say, hey, I knew Melissa way back when. Uh, but but this has got extreme extreme potential for huge growth here because of the of the demands right now. It, it definitely does. We are currently still quite small. Um, some of that's because I only just finished my master's in December, so I've been only full time for about seven eight months. Um, 
The other one is we're working with Niagara College. There's still some research that has to be done around our controller, around some of the relationships. They do great work down there. For, with, They're with, spectacular. Yeah, innovations within agriculture and, 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 that's, and horticulture are just incredible down there. And um, we're working with Lambden College to do some of our uh, parameter analysis because there's relationships that in agriculture were known as fact that we're no longer working within. Um, so with aquaponics, you can run your, your quote-unquote fertilizer levels at almost zero because you're, you're producing them at the same rate you're consuming them. So when we send our water samples in, they go, oh, you don't have enough you know, nitrates, potassiums, phosphoruses, calciums. And yet when you take our plant samples, they're beautiful. They're, they're green. They have enough nitrogen in the plants. The calcium is fine. Um, and so they're, they're these healthy plants running in practically clean water. Um, so these relationships were rediscovering and sort of changing how the industry perceives them with our uh, with our research so th- th- it just seems as if this is this is in such an ideal situation right now now you mentioned that you're an engineer uh, that's your background and you've moved into into this right now with aquaponics uh, you need a business case you need a business head involved in this too I got to imagine the folks at the innovation factory have been pretty helpful with that oh they've been absolutely spectacular um, I have a, a group of uh, advisors on my advisory board. Um, one is an international uh, business development. One is international sales and marketing. Um, I have one that did aquaculture study and the software development for aquaculture study. And all of these uh, mentors were connected with me uh, through Innovation Factory and through the Forge. Isn't it great the way they do that? Oh, that Dave Carter would just say, hey, you know, you should call this guy. It's spectacular. And the people he's like, well, I'll go down with a private well, a problem and he'll look at me and he's like, oh, I know somebody who can help you with that, and within an hour, I've made a connection. Yeah. I've had a phone call, um, and and often within 24 hours, my my issue is solved, or I'm on the way to solving the issue. That's one of the fabulous things about what's happening with the Innovation Factory and the Innovation Park here too, because we've seen so many startup businesses that don't have all that expertise, and they don't know who to turn to. Yeah, and and they fail because of that. Because and in hindsight, boy, I wish I'd known that. I wish I'd known to call that person. Or I wish I had that person as a mentor. You, these guys are setting it up for you yeah, because you just don't know what you don't know. Yeah, and they they are they help point out sort of your holes and your gaps, and they help you fill them because, as a, an engineer, I do not have connections in the business world, or I didn't. I do now. Um, that they help help build, um, and with McMaster, it's the same thing. I, you know, go in with a very limited network and. Well, we know somebody in agriculture. We knew somebody who worked in the fish farming. Um, what if you connected with them? And and it just fills out your company um, at a rate that a startup can afford. <laughs> you got to be pretty excited about this, though. Oh, I'm I'm absolutely so wonderfully excited. Yes. It just it's it's to see the realization of of what you had imagined that you could do. Uh, and and obviously the potential for growth here is immense at this stage too. And 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 if you do, you know do carry on with this, and and that's the nice thing about the the Lionsler competition. I mean, there are going to be some people that are going to be winners here. They're going to get allocation of services and kind of money, but the exposure that you get and the help that you get from all the people that are here, uh, whether you're in the money or not, ninety nine percent of these businesses that we meet through these competitions flourish regardless. I mean, mm-hmm. it's great to get that kind of assistance, but but they've already put you on first and sometimes second base already, and, and you can carry it home from there. Oh, yeah. They've uh, sent us through training sessions. We've, you know, connected with Mohawk College, with their communications department. Uh, you know, we're on the Bill Kelly show where we get to talk about our, ourselves for 15 minutes. Um, the opportunities just going through the Lion's Lair process has set us up for success, whether or not 
we win money or prizes at the end. Well, like I said, the community's going to win. And, and as a consumer of organics in our family, I think this is fabulous. And, and uh, I wish you all the best in this. For people that want to get information, where's the website? Where can they go? So it's at lumagotech.com, L-U-M-A-G-O-T-E-C-H.com. Melissa Houghton from uh, Lumago Tech. Uh, just a great, great company. Good luck with the competition and good luck going forward with Lumago, too. Thank you so much, Great Paul. meeting you today. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.